Welcome in to the Review Podcast. My name is Nathan Church, and on today's show, we recap one of the busiest days in Chicago's recent sports history. We've got the Bulls doing a lot of business on the trade market, and then Eloy breaking himself, and then Arkin and I kind of just riffed and talked about influential media personality Jason Benetti. And it is National CP Day yesterday because we're rep, we're posting this at like one o'clock in the morning. So yesterday was National CP Day. Um, so we talk about Jason Benetti and his impact on the disabled community and all sorts of fun stuff. And we've got a bit of a challenge for the listeners. So make sure you tune in to the end and see if you can help us out in that. All that said, we'll bring you back in here, wrap it up, and tell you what we got going on for later today, and we'll go from there. So, with that said, strap it on, here we go. Well, in the world of Chicago sports today... It was a hell of a day, and if you're the Reinsdorfs, if you're the younger Reinsdorfs, meaning Michael Reinsdorf, you had a beautiful day. Now, if you're old man Jerry at the retirement home, you had a hell of a day. Layton, what did you think? Yeah, kind of a, a good and bad, I guess, bittersweet day for the Reinsdorf family. So on one side, you got the, the Bulls making some real noise and kind of maybe turn in a corner. And then on the other hand, you got the White Sox losing a huge chunk of uh, the middle of their order. So I, I don't know how you feel if, you're, uh, if your last name's Reinsdorf this afternoon. Well, we'll explore the good news first. We've never really talked about the Bulls on this podcast because honestly, the Bulls have been trash for the last, what, five, ten years? Yeah, that might be being a little generous. Well, so yeah, we'll go with trash. I mean... Dumpster fire, shit show, pick your adjective. <laughs> Basically, as Derek Rose's knee tendons and ligaments went, so did the Bulls' hopes at being anything other than a cellar dweller. Yes, thoughts and prayers to Derek Rose's knee. <laughs> However, we're on to bigger and better things. Let's just start at the top and start with the goodies, and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty here. Vucevic is a Montenegrin monster. We got rid of, I say we, meaning the Bulls. The Bulls got rid of the Albatross that was Otto Porter's co- contract. And Wendell Carter, kind of sad to see him go, but Vucevic. What was your initial blush when you saw that come across? I was ecstatic. I mean, of course it's awesome to get rid of that $28 million a year for Otto Porter, because that he was so infrequently on the floor and even less frequently productive when he was on the floor. That was just wasted money. So it's great to see that go. But it was more so because Vucevic has just been an absolute animal. I mean, he shoots really high percentage from three. He's an, kind of an underrated shooter, I think. Um, I mean, he dropped 42 of the Bulls. glaring hole for this. Right. Like, this has been, like, the bugaboo for the Bulls this year, I think, is... They've got nothing from their big men. Uh, yeah. Daniel Gafford, adios. Um, 
and Wendell what a Carter, boob. and none, nobody that has played that position has been able to consistently put up points or really factor into the offense in any meaningful way. And Vucevic is one of the best in the league at that position. So uh, it's just super exciting uh, to get another all-star to pair up with Zach Levine. Which, Zach Levine plays with an all-star? Can you say, hello, pick and pop, and hello, pick and roll? Like, what the hell? Here we go. That's the thing about those two players in particular, is that is the specialty for both of them, is those pick and roll and pick and pop type plays. Um, Vucevic is excellent with them, and that's a major part of Levine's game as well. So I, I, to me, you couldn't ask for a better fit between a big man and Zach Levine for this team. So that, that could do some pretty awesome things for the offensive efficiency of this team. And if you're Billy Donovan, his offense runs through a true big man, which is, that's what he has now. It's fantastic. Now there's not if you're Billy Donovan. You're doing backflips today because you just got a whole lot more job security because you now have a real team on your hands. And the last... Uh, not just the Zach Levine show. So the, yeah. he's probably feeling pretty good right now. Yes, and the last contract that needs to go and will go at the end of this season, Felicio. That's the last what-the-hell Gar Foreman John Paxson contract. Yeah, if you want to sum up the whole Gar Pax era... In as few words as possible, just say Felicio and show them the contract numbers. And that's really all you need to know. What because it- aside from Bulls fans that have dealt with this whole awful era, I venture to bet that like 30% of NBA fans have some idea of who Felicio is. Well, but he's got a top five contract on the Bulls team. It's just ridiculous. The top- dude doesn't play. And he's getting paid like he's a rotational player. He's not even just he's not even it. active. He's not even on the active roster, dude. Right. Like, what the hell? So that was number one. Number two trade that turned out to be a three te- a three team deal. Can you can you rattle that one off so that way I don't screw it up? Okay, so actually before we can get into the three team, um, there's a smaller deal that we need to cover. Um, the Bulls traded Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson to the Wizards, and in return they got Troy Brown and Mo Wagner, who never actually got to Chicago, um, as he was then flipped in the three-team trade that Nate just referenced. Um, and that was between the Celtics, the Bulls, and Orlando, who made a ton of moves today. Um, and that Talk about fire ties sale. to the Bulls along with Javante Green. Um, it sent Jeff Teague to Orlando, and it, Evan Fournier was sent from Orlando to the Celtics. Which, don't look up, do not Google Evan Fournier, it's a bad deal. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that he uh, tweeted that out today? Yes, that's why I made that comment. <laughs> so, Teague was told not to report to Orlando and that he will be waived, so... Uh, similar situation to Otto Porter. I will be surprised. He also is expected to be bought out um, and hit the free agent market. So Orlando, it seems like uh, just kind of selling off, going full rebuild, getting as many draft picks as they can. 
talking about full fire sale. Right. I don't know that Boston really got much better. They took today. salary. I don't really want to dig into I know we're talking bulls here. First glance, looking at a lot of their trades, it kind of seemed like they were lateral moves. Yeah. Um, I think the bulls, in my opinion, won the day today. Tice is a a good big man. Uh, Doesn't score a ton of points, but he's a rim defender. And for the love of God. He's an all-around good role player type. And for the love of God, can we get someone to protect the rim and not have to rely on Thad to do it. Exactly. So it's it's nice to finally have a big man that can defend a little bit. I know uh, Wendell was a pretty good defender when he wanted to be down low, but he couldn't put it together on the other end of the court. So it's just a- at least now the, the big men of the Bulls will have a little bit more of a force inside. Yes. So I want to I want to circle back here to AK and Mark Eversley. Because Arturis Karnaschovis, you, you you don't say that a lot over and over. So, AK and Eversley, they said from the start that you're not going to hear much from us, but judge us on our actions. And those are the type of people that I love to he- love to see work. Because hell, even Orlando didn't know that they were going to sell Vucevic off to the Bulls. Until, like, right before it happened. And talk about Jedi mind tricks. <laughs> AK is a hell of a Jedi to get this stuff done to steal Danny Ber- to steal Dan Bernstein's thunder there a little bit. But, I mean, if you're a Bulls fan, I know you have a tendency to be skeptical. And I get that, and I understand that, and I respect that. Because, for the love of God, since... Jordan left. We haven't had a good team, really. I mean, consistently. Good. Yeah, there there was a couple of good seasons when Derrick Rose was healthy and Joakim Noah and Luol Deng and Powell. Loser. I know that, that group was really solid. I um, mean, Tibbs had a couple. But it only lasted a year or two. So yeah, Tibbs had two we years. We haven't seen any su- sustained success. And. There's a plan, and it's not just relying on the ping pong balls. And it's top four. Per- those two picks that went to Orlando and the Vucevic deal are top four protected. And honestly, if the Bulls are in the top four of the lottery, Lord help us, because something tragic happened, and I don't even want to even think about that. So, back. Uh, a small piece of that trade that we did glance over. Uh, Vucevic was not the only player that came back to the Bulls in that day. Oh, they also yeah. got Alfaro Gaminu, which alongside having one of the coolest names in sports, um, he's a, a pretty decent player as well. He's a role player. He's going to be a bench piece. He's not just a throw-in. There's actually yeah some talent with Aminu. So if he can stay healthy. in the league a lot. Just a good veteran presence, good teammate. Yeah. So that that's a good type to get back as well. In that deal, it is. Sorry, you can get back there. <laughs> You're all right. Where was I even at? I don't, I don't know. know. I, I interrupted your flow. Yeah. Um, I guess while I'm already talking, to me, Go what I it. took away the most from this uh, today, all the moves that they made or were trying to make with our marketing, um, to me, it was just what AK and Eversley think of this team. 
and what the direction is going to be. Because alongside what you mentioned about them saying that they'll be quiet, um, they also mentioned, you know, when asked what they see the direction of this team being, you know, are they moving towards rebuilding and like selling off Levine and those types? Or do they think this team could be the foundation of a contender? Basically, they said they were going to take a long-term look at it, get a good sample size, and then we would be able to tell by their actions yes. what they thought of this team. And to me, this is them saying that they think they can win a title in the next couple of years. And I, I think... If, if you don't think that, you don't go for Vucevic, who's 30 years old. You know, you don't make all these kind of moves. You don't trade away... Wendell and up and Gafford and other young players. If you think you're going to rebuild, this is a, a win now win within the next couple of years. Yeah. Series of moves that has opened a window. So that's really exciting. If you're a Bulls fan, uh, kind of tells you that more is on the horizon and we finally have a competent front office that's willing to do what's necessary um, to put a good team on the court and maybe actually win some games. And, I know when on draft night on on draft night when they drafted Patrick Williams, I sent you a gif of the rock saying, Who in the blue hell are you? Um I take that back because that I guess after I saw P Will play, he was he is a hell of a player. He handled he handled uh he handled everybody. He handled LeBron. He handled Kawhi. He handled the biggest names in the sport. And he's 19, for the love of God. So mm-hmm. they have an eye. And they have an eye for talent, not just not just um, European talent, which is where people have pigeonholed AK. And I, I don't agree with that, because look what they found in Pewell. Now... That has been kind of drafting, like scouting and development has been like the two things that AK is known for. Um, And like people like Nikola Jokic, um, not to go immediately to a foreign player like you were just speaking of, but finding those kind of diamond in the rough types. That's why I'm not too concerned with the fact that we traded away those two first round draft picks because A, I think they're going to end up being low draft picks if this Bulls team works out the way I think it will. And B, we this front office is made up of two guys that are really good at getting the most out of every pick and every player. Yeah. So they don't need to have that number two, number three, or like the patented number seven pick in order to find talent. Um, and, and P. Will is a great example. Even though he was a high draft pick, he was someone that not a lot of people have heard of or seen. Well, um, nobody in the my brother watches more basketball than anybody I know, and he had never heard of him when he was drafted. So that tells you, you know, how under the radar they were, and nobody was talking about it. These guys are great at playing it close to the vest, and it, it's paid off for them big time so far. And the only the the thing that I heard was. Boston wanted to get in front of the Bulls to get P. Will. 
And if Danny Ainge, if Danny Ainge likes you, I like you. So that's, that's usually a pretty good sign if Danny Ainge is into you. So I mean, in I, a basketball sense, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, people say the window is open. I'll go out on a limb and say that the, the Bulls just absolutely kicked the goddamn window in, and they're saying, okay, we're here. Because, let's talk long term, the Nets aren't viable, in my opinion. Somebody's going to get butt hurt. There's no defense there. I mean... Well, and they can't keep them on the floor. To me, even in the short term, I don't feel great about the Nets. Like... Right now, they're on a road trip. Kyrie's not traveling for personal reasons for, like, the sixth time in the last couple of months. KD's hurt. Shoot, who's the other? Harden. Uh, Harden was hurt. Yeah. So, they have these three megastars on one team. None of them are playing. And so, like, FanDuel didn't even put up betting options for any Nets players because nobody knew who was going to be on the floor for the Nets because... Everybody on their team was hurt or not there. So So the team just has no cohesiveness. No. Um, So I really think right now the teams to beat in the East are Philly when Embiid is healthy again. They're really tough. In Miami? And Well, Miami, now that they have Oladipo, um, you might have to add that into like yes. a, a three. I was gonna go two, maybe add them as like a third. Yeah. Um, Milwaukee. Oh I know shit. They haven't done great in the playoffs. Um, but I was just watching their game yesterday while I was at the gym. At end of the third quarter, they were at like a hundred and four points already. They were up twenty some points. It was insane. Um, Giannis is just so good, and they've got better pieces around him this year that complement him better. Yeah. Um, so I mean, to be a tough out. I mean, but what I'm saying is, if you're the Bulls, and you're the Bulls, and you're in Chicago, and you're building a team, free agency won't be a problem. But we we won't have to we won't have to send Buddy the Bull to the airport to to wave you off the plane, i.e. I mean, LeBron. It has been a problem in the past, even when the Bulls had good teams. Outside of the Jordan era Bulls, they've had an awful time trying to get any kind of free agents to come here, be it LeBron or KD. D-Wade when he was good. Uh, Most recently, I think they were trying to get Kawhi. You know, just all of these big names, they have not been able to land one. Because Um, is that entirely on the front office? changes now that they're starting to build something and they have a front office with a better reputation. Yeah. It might. Uh, They also need to get some money first. Which, I mean, they, they'll have a little to play with. I'm thinking... Cause, yeah, but not max contract kind of money. So you're not going to see them go after the top of the market. But I think maybe that next level down, might, there's a lot of good moves to be made. Like a Thaddeus Young type move. He's done wonders for this team, and that's not a max contract kind of player. So I think that's where you're going to see they'll be able to get the better players out of that more so than they have in the past, if you if you ask me. Yeah, that makes total sense. Did the Bulls make the playoffs? This year, yes, I think so. Did- um, I was kind of leaning yes before these trades, um, just because they have the weird play-in games this year. 
almost the entire conference gets in in some way. Yeah, that's um, fair. you got to be real bad not to. So I figured they would sneak into a play-in game. Uh, but with these moves, I think, yeah, they could – they could move as high as like a six or a seven, in my opinion. And if they can, and if they can move into a six, they won't have to play in the stupid playing games. I mean, you'll be playing exactly. the number. Th- you'll be playing a Miami or a or a Phil- Philadelphia, but still, you're playing. You, and you get seven games to try to sneak in four. I like it. I really do. And. It speaks to Billy Donovan's coaching style because ab- after the absolute shit show that was the game last night, by the way, none of my legs in the same game parlay hit. Um, <laughs> I was about 50%, yeah. which is insane. Good thing it was risk-free. That's fair. Either way, um, Billy Donovan was asked if it's if it was because guys were worried about their trade status, and his response was, well, if they're concerned about their status on this team it's not my deal my they need to go talk to the talk to the front office because i'm here to coach a team right. so like that's a hard that's response that's a hard ass response but it's a it's a necessary response i think i i just i i don't know it'll be interesting to see and we have to wait till saturday because they're going out west um just any parting thoughts before we move on down the road and get to the Heartbreak that was Eloy. Any parting thoughts on the Bulls? Uh, just general happiness and excitement. You know, it's for a while I wasn't sure if I could continue to call myself a Bulls fan and watch Bulls basketball. Uh, so it's just been a breath of fresh air to have this new front office in and like some actual real basketball moves. It's so refreshing in Chicago because they seem to be the only organization not named the White Sox that are actually trying. (laughs) And the White Sox? (laughs) Um, So let's move to said White Sox and Jerry's play toys. Um, Would you like that transition there? Yes, that would be great. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Eloy, will Eloy ever pick up a glove again? Uh, if I had anything to say about it, no. The man seems to break pretty easily out in the field. And that aside, he's not a particularly good defender. Um, I'd actually say he's a pretty poor defender by most standards. Not that fast. Because what's his war? The ball, his arm's fine, uh, but they play him in left for a reason, you know? Yeah. Um, What's his war in Sox, left field? Do you the know? Dude takes out lights, like at minor league stadiums, he's hitting the light posts. Yeah, let the man just step up, take three at bats a game, hit a couple into orbit, and call it a day. There's, there's no reason to try to make him play, especially when they don't have a clear DH type on the roster. It's not like they have Nelson Cruz sitting there. Where you're like, what else are you going to do with Nelson Cruz? You know, yeah, it makes it makes total him sense. Him into that role and get someone to play every day out in that outfield that a can play a better left field and b isn't going to sink the middle of their order if they get hurt doing something. Which is what he did because I kind of went backward on this. Eloy tried to catch a ball, was 15 feet away from it, and hug on the wall and. 
dislocated his shoulder, or what did he do to it exactly? Uh, it's not actually his shoulder. He tore the pectoral tendon. Oh, so he ripped his pec like a lifter. Um. Yeah, but not the muscle. It was the tendon. Oh, so that's five to six months. He's basically out for the entire year. Which, if you're Tony Larusa and you came back to to manage a <laughs> manage for a World Series and get another ring and then ride off into the sunset, hopefully not driving a car because you got a DUI. But that's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably so, about as happy today as I am, honestly. Yeah. Because, uh, I, as we discussed earlier, I had my um, draft for my fantasy baseball league that I play in every year. It was just this last Sunday with the batters only league. Um, so it kind of gets weird with who goes in what round. Uh, but Eloy was my second round draft pick, so I'm kind of banking on him to have a huge year, and it's only natural that three days later he is out for the year. So I'm not really sure I'm going to replace that production, so I can relate to uh, the White Sox organization at the moment, because I'm not sure they know exactly how they're going to replace that production either. They have a lot of good options to put a body in the spot, but I don't know if any combination of what they currently have can make up for what they just lost just by straight up counting stats from Eloy. Because they lost 40 home runs, right? Like, yeah, I'd say 35 to 40 homers, 90, 95 RBIs. I mean, I, mean, I think they're going to have to make a decision about their lineup. Do they want to try to find a power replacement? Or are they just going to go all in on like a high contact, high on base? you know, Oakland A's style offense. Yeah, I don't know because... You know, get people on. I, I think if I had to guess, um, I would say Andrew Vaughn is probably most likely to get the most of those at-bats. I know the organization has already said um, he'll, he'll get be a look. getting all, most of the reps in left field for the remainder of spring training. Um, so it looks like maybe they're trying to because let's get just... him to fit into that spot. He's got the bat. It's just, can he play the yeah. Because let's just set the lineup. Because Adam, Adam Engel is going to be back in a couple weeks because he had a sprained ankle. You've got Lou Bob in center. So you can shade everybody to the left field. You can shade everybody to the, to the left field side. And make up for Andrew Vaughn? I mean, because the only other... Yeah, and they have other options out there. They also have uh, Larry Garcia. Oh, I forgot about Garcia. And don't they also have Billy Hamilton? Yeah, they got B-Ham, too. As well. I mean, Hamilton doesn't hit his body weight, so I'm not sure he's going to get too many looks out there. Um, but yeah, with Robert is such a stellar... Uh, defender in center field and then with a combination of Garcia and Angle and you still have Adam Eaton I forgot about that dude um, so or or Hamilton if they decided to go that route any of those guys also have pretty strong range so if you kind of shade it towards Vaughn you can really limit how much ground he has to cover 
I think if the Cubs were able to get Kyle Schwarber to play a decent left field, the White Sox should be able to get Andrew Vaughn to at least be playable out there. Yeah. If they really want to get that bat in the lineup. And I was I was listening to Steve Stone today. <laughs> he was on the radio and somebody brought up the fact that Kyle Schwarber came back for the postseason. But Stoney said it himself, there's a big difference between Kyle Schwarber and big boy Eloy. So it's going to suck. Very different swing types, too. When you look yeah. at Schwarber's swing versus Eloy's swing, Eloy kind of has that full body Giancarlo Stanton kind of swing where you look at it and you know that that's the kind of guy that's going to hit it to the moon. Yeah. Schwarber can kind of, you know, choke up, put it in play. Bounce him off the wall. High contact, or used to be a high contact kind of guy. He, his game kind of evolved. But, uh, yeah, there's just so much more stress on the body. And with Schwarber, you were talking a lower body injury. And not um, an arm. Really got healed up. With a peck, trying to swing a baseball bat, if that's not fully healed. I just don't see how you can make that work. You're going to pop and it again, right? Being off as long as he is, yeah. how useful would he even be? Um, I, I'm not sure that we'll see him this year in any capacity. I mean, if you're the White Sox, I I don't play him. I, I put him on season of the guy are just save the trouble, get right, kid. Yeah. Don't 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 f it up again and. Let it. Let's re-rack and see. bombs for you today on this podcast. Hey, we're, we'll figure it out. But <laughs> don't don't screw it up again and re-rack it and hope you can find some sort of production. The only other option, if you're the White Sox, if Andrew Vaughn is a dumpster fire, which I don't think he will be, Cespedes or Puig. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about either one of those options. I, I was listening to the score this afternoon a little bit. They were talking about both of them. Uh, apparently, Puig has some sort of uh, sexual assault cloud hanging over his head. Um, I'm not sure I'd want to touch that until that situation is resolved because it sounded pretty bad. Um, obviously, it's all just allegations. Right now, as far as I've heard, there hasn't been any charges or anything, but that gets kind of iffy. They're already kind of in hot water with their manager, so I don't know how much more controversy they want to take on. Yeah. And the reason Cespedes doesn't have a team right now is because he has refused to take one-year deals all offseason. He wants a multi-year deal. And I don't think the White Sox would want to commit to that um, because there's really not a space for him on this team. He is just purely a rental. So I think it sounds like right now they're going to try to stay in-house and just make the best of what they got. I think Eloy being down makes it pretty much a lock that Zach Collins makes the roster, which I think he'll be really interesting to watch. Yeah, he will be. Uh, um, He's lighting it up so far this uh, spring training. I don't know if you've been seeing him at all. Not much, but three, I was... 313, 421 on base, got a couple homer, or got one home run. So, not killing the ball, but, I mean... Yeah. 
421 on base is pretty stellar. So I, I'd take that any day. He's a catcher, so it's not going to fill the same position. Um, but... but if he can hit like that against real major league pitching and that's just spring training, you throw him in at catcher, you can move Grandal to the DH spot, and then you put Vaughn out in left field. That's still a pretty solid lineup. Yeah. Uh, with a little bit less power, but if you can get a high on base guy like that, you may be able to produce just as many runs. Yeah, because what's let's you get this is gonna sound bad. Defensively, you get better with without Eloy. I mean, considering Vaughn is a little better. Depending on how well Vaughn does. Yes. Because and again, we both listened to the score all afternoon and, and they brought up a good point. Soriano did it <laughs> in left field and he didn't make an ass of himself. <laughs> like He was pretty okay. He's alright. But, but from time to time that weird little hop thing that he did got him in some trouble, but Yeah. He's certainly not the worst left fielder I've ever seen. So. Yeah. So home moral of the story, kids. Don't try to do the Vince Carter the Vince Carter hang off the wall. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm I'm not really sure what he was doing there. I don't know if he got <laughs> caught or if he was trying to look cool hanging on the wall and just underestimated his weight the impact that would have on his body. But it just seemed like a poor decision. And honestly, I, I hate to be like, don't try, but it is a spring training game, so you don't really need to run through the wall anyways. Yeah. He's not in any danger of being sent down to AAA to start the year or anything like that. So, like, I appreciate a good old college try every once in a while, but but maybe if you're a, a key part of your your team's plan moving forward, don't break yourself over a spring training game. And <laughs> I think he'll learn from that. And um, that's hopefully the, going forward. That's the thing is like know your role, and your role is not to be Kevin Kiermaier. <laughs> like, right. come You're on, just fam! Throwing your body at the ball every time—that's that's not what they need out of Eloy. They need him to not be a complete dumpster fire in left field, and to just hit taters. That yeah. is his job. That, that is their job. But either way, good news. Um, Chicago baseball teams can up their can up their attendance at games already. So we might have awesome. to we might have to do a couple road trips because baseball. I will be going to at least one game this year. I get my second vaccine here in like less than two weeks, and your boy's gonna be free. So and I there am, will be some baseball consumed. Yeah. Hopefully. And, Provided that the tickets aren't like seven hundred dollars. Even if there is a chance that that happens. I mean yeah. Supply for, demand. Like it's yeah. already kind of pricey to get to a Cubs game, so I mean we uh Dad and I were in Florida and we almost we almost paid sixty dollars for standing or worldly tickets at a um Tampa Bay Rays game. So at a Rays game? Well yeah, because Fort Does anyone um, go to those? Fort Meyer, they were they were they were playing <laughs> the, the Red Sox or something, so it was like a Red Sox deal, but 
So it was all the away crowds. <laughs> yes, the away crowds. Um, anyhow, um, any parting thoughts before we move on to our next guest, Arkin? And we're giving her an outlet to grieve the loss of Eloy. So any parting thoughts before we get oh. you back on here? Uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers with all the White Sox faithful. Um, I, I probably need them more than them being a Cubs fan this year, but... <laughs> Hopefully, Eloy comes back better than ever. Got a bit of a soft spot for him. Because so he, he was a, a cubby prospect coming up. He was one um, of ours. So, all the best to my dude, and thanks for having me on today, Nate. And we'll re we'll re we'll re rack and talk to you tomorrow. Sound good? All right, sounds good, brother. Well, on the back half, we just talked about the White Sox and what a hell of a day it's been. Arkin, what do you think? I mean, where, where's your head out? Where's your head at with the uh, whole Eloy stupidity? Oh, oh, Nathan. Uh, so, all right. So here's the timeline. So yesterday afternoon. I'm sure any sports fan is this way too, right? You have you have your sports fan friends who, you know, when your phone is blowing up with messages from certain people, you know it's either really good news or really bad news about one of your teams. Yep. So I yesterday afternoon, I see my phone blowing up with my baseball people, and I just see, Eloy, 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 and I look, and uh, like, oh, no, he got hurt, and I watched – watched him make that jump and I was like okay well that's not great it's spring training like I and my mindset for about 24 hours from yesterday afternoon until today this afternoon when I saw again my phone blowing up at work was like okay I that's why we love him right is we we love to hustle we love that he's 110% all the time even in spring training yeah Um, that's fair and then and then watching the play He's not gonna. He's not gonna run the home run. He's not gonna do it. He he's he should know that. And if he doesn't, then that's a coaching issue. We just touched on that uh, before we started recording. But like, he should know that. Um, and uh, he doesn't need to make that play. It's spring training. Um, and then today, when we find out, okay, it's not just a sore shoulder. We've got a diagnosis. It's a ruptured pectoral tendon, and he's going to be out for five to six months. That's a huge hit to the lineup. Huge hit, I think, for the morale of the team and the clubhouse going into the season, where they're all hyped. Um, for, Absolutely. You know, they're they're trying to win titles. They're trying to win the division. Trying to win the American League. And I mean, I I think they're shooting for the stars, trying to win a World Championship. Because why not? You know. Uh, that's why they hired Tony Rulo Russo, right? I mean, there's a little, uh, Tony, uh, Tony. Issue for another day. But yeah, so yeah. I, I, yeah, I think, I think it was stupid. And like, love Eloy on a personal note. Uh, <laughs> my, my brother, he, we put him in his Eloy jersey in his casket <laughs> back in October for yes. his funeral. Like, my brother loved watching Eloy Jimenez. 
I wore my brother's a brand new jersey to his funeral. Like we we love the White Sox. My brother loved watching Eloy play, um, and I think that hustle is why, right? But yeah. you can't do that in spring training. You can't do that when you're this valuable to a team that's trying to win, that's trying to win big this year for the first time in a long time. I mean, it's your best shot since 2005. And back to the whole Eloy thing, like people in Chicago as a whole, whether you're a Cubs or a White Sox fan, that you love Eloy because yeah. he was on yeah. both sides of town. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he is fun to watch because he is, he, because he can hit and because he has that hustle, but he's just not. And especially, <laughs> And again, this kind of comes down to like, okay, are we going to put it on, you know, he's a 24-year-old kid and he has that hustle, he has that drive. Is it more of a coaching issue where they really just needed to pull him if he doesn't have the self-control to not do this kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean. Um, or, uh, or just really, really work on it and just say, your job is to be a body in left field and to let Luis Robert in center field get a handle on it because he's going to be fine. Yeah. Or just let the ball drop <laughs> and get it to, you know. Get it to G.A. Underhand toss, get it into T.A. And you know, get it to Tim Anderson, let Luis Robert get it, and let, let him, when you hear Luis Robert calling it, you let him get it. Like, yeah. do not touch it. <laughs> that, that should have been his role. That should have been how he was coached because his bat is too valuable in the lineup and he he keeps doing this he what was it he sprained his ankle he fell into the net yeah he's he's done this other kind of he like his face on the wall he's done this kind of stuff before and again that's why you love him as a fan because he's going to give you that muscle and because he loves what he does and he's going to give you that at you know that extra effort and just passion but like Play smart, not hard, is sometimes a motto. That Absolutely. Well. And the, the the part of it that is just so dumb... Well, okay, I'll say dumb because, because it's my podcast and I can say what I want. Um, <laughs> is, you gotta know, you're not Kevin Kiermeyer. You, you've got Lou Bob in center. Yeah. He's gonna save your ass. It's not, it's not September. It's not even... April, for the love of God, like, and I don't want to, I don't want to rail on the dude, but it's hard not to, because what the hell are you doing? You want, you want to, okay, hypothetically, you want to get Tony LaRussa a title, so then he rides off into the sunset, hopefully on a horse, not driving a car, but, you know, it's just... Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, it's too easy. Uh, but for real, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, you can't be doing this stuff in spring training. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's dumb. Yeah. So I mean, Not- let's let's talk about the the. It happens. We're pissed and we're laughing at it, crying about it, lamenting it. No matter what, no matter which way you put it, we're still digesting it. How do they move forward? Andrew Vaughn's going to get all the reps in left. How how are you feeling about that? Um, Okay, so I, you know, I think the only, I mean, now, like you just said, it's kind of like, well, what's done is done. They have to figure it out. And they do have the advantage right now of being in a position they have not been in previously, 
where they do have a little bit of depth and they do have options um, and they do have a top prospect in Andrew Vaughn and, you know, he's not Eloy Jimenez, but they've got other options and, you know, that's all they can do is just try to figure it out, try to make it work. And I think we won't really know until it's coming coming down to September if we get to a point where it's it, it, things are getting close and it's like, man, if we had been able to pull out those couple more series against the Twins, you yeah. know, what if we had had Jimenez in the lineup? But hindsight's twenty twenty. And like, yeah. And like, what if we, what if we had been able to do, like, you just, you don't know. And it would be so frustrating for that to be the <laughs> deciding what, factor. What makes or breaks this season yeah it's it's tough so okay i i'm gonna throw something out there and i i want to get your honest take on it yeah. four to six what'd they say four to six five to six months yeah that's gonna put it at september at uh -huh. august september at the earliest and it's a peck and he's got the john carlos stanton alfonso storiano esque swing where he just uh -huh. mashes the ball would it be smarter to just put him on season ending IR and say, don't do it again, and just re-rack for next year? Because he's so valuable, and he's got like six more years on this deal. I know it's not what you want to hear, but is it the logical play? Yeah, I mean, I I think because this is not the first time he's made this kind of bonehead play. Like, what was it? Was it last season or two years ago where he tried to he hurt himself trying to rob a grand slam in the first inning. Like, no, dude, it's the first <laughs> inning. You gotta let it go. Like, yeah. um, and I think the time has passed for him to show that he can be a smart defensive player. And now he has injured himself and put his career and his team, you know, kind of in a really crappy place. Um, and, so I think you say, all right, well, congrats, man. You're a DH. Like, <laughs> which, that's what you do. Which I'm so, okay with. I'm okay with him at a DH because that's what he is. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, yes, 100%. Like, if, yes. if we go back in time a little bit, that's the only reason why Manny played left field was because they had to put, had, they had to put Poppy somewhere, like, thinking yeah. back to the Red Sox. Like, I'm okay with it. And that's not to say, like, it's any fault of, Eloy's because he's a goof and he wants to. He's a. It's good to be a tryhard in certain aspects, and I feel yeah. like we've been circling the drain on this. But <laughs> damn, like that's at the end of the day, that's what you got to think about. This whole deal is damn. So yeah. I mean, are you are you, are your central AL Central aspirations any less? Or how heavily impacted are they? Ooh, good question. So this is something that I have not fully kind of processed yet, um, just because, you know, we are, we're, what, about six hours out from, from the news that he's going to be out probably for most, if not the entire season. Um, and I was just kind of like reading articles like at work when I had to go, you know, trying to like yep. sneak a glance, like when I had time. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it hurts them. I think that they are still going to be a good team. I think that they have enough uh, enough depth and enough other things going for them that they're going to be okay. And that's that's how you win in baseball, right? Baseball is not it's not the NBA. Um, where if you have an all-star, whatever, you know, point guard, you're going to be fine. Like if it's not the NFL where if you, yeah, <laughs> if you sign a uh, Russell Wilson instead of Andy Dalton, you know, you're going to be great. Um, so like, you yeah. know, uh, but if you, in baseball, everybody's got to have a good season and everyone has to stay healthy. That's who wins. And when you've got a great bullpen, when everybody stays healthy and everybody's got a solid season. And, and now we've got one of our big players who is not going to be healthy and he's not going to be there. So, and, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's a negative impact. Not real thrilled with him about it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think, I think it also, like I said, falls on the coaching. Like why, why was he allowed to be in that situation in the there. first place and be anything other than a Manny Ramirez, just a body in left field. Anyway, like that's so. that's my thing. Is like, what the hell? Like, it just yeah. it makes no sense. But um, and does this make room for Zach Collins to make the opening day roster? Ooh, good question. You know, I think anything's possible at this point. You know, I mean, Maybe. because you put you put Vaughn in, in left, and uh -huh. then you oh catcher help me. You put, you Grand put, Grand, yeah, you put Grandall in at first, and you let, and you let Zach College catch. I mean, that's seems pretty simple, but you got that's a that's Zach Collins has to pitch or hit against real major league pitching, and that's spring training. However, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the that's the rub here. But either way, um, any parting thoughts? Because we're gonna do a. We're going to re-rack and do a full team special, but just any parting thoughts on the breaking news of the day? Well, this is kind of tangential to um, to all of this, but in some good news. If Fire you, away. Uh, and if you if you want to cut this out, that's okay. Um, but I the tweet I tagged you in earlier, um, yeah. where it's, yeah, it's, CP Awareness Day, and it's me um, day. Yeah, and um, yeah, Jason Minetti is super cool, and uh, you know he tweeted today about cerebral palsy and how, um, and obviously this is your podcast, and this is this is you, and you can speak to this much more than I can, obviously. But I, Jason Minetti is just I a badass. So like I'm I'm a kickass sports broadcaster and I am crushing it at this. Yeah. I'm not, you know, CP is part of who I am. It's not who I am. Um, and, you know, uh, again, you can, you, you know this where you're, when you have a, a visible disability that becomes your identifier and it is, you know, uh, just so cool to see somebody who, again, on a personal note, uh, not to bring up my dead brother again, but he was a huge White Sox fan, so, yep. you know. Um, but, like, after he passed, I just, I I just reached out to Jason Benetti, and I was like, hey, like, my brother loved your work. He was a huge Sox fan, and, you know, and didn't really expect to hear anything back, and he, like, we had, like, a little Twitter, like, DM conversation oh, no going. Shit. He was so, 
sweet and just caring and like just on a personal level jason minetti <laughs> was so wonderful and from everything i've heard is nothing but the nicest guy and is fantastic at broadcasting and uh also like cp representation you know yeah like <laughs> people with cp in the world going out and kicking ass it's pretty cool like so yeah, that's the I I I honestly have been so in er, so like consumed with sports. I oh, I honestly kind of forgot it was me. It was me day. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> so um, and I I I say that halfway tongue in cheek, but remember, folks. Please, just because my ass got out of bed this morning, I am not an inspiration. Like I saw, I saw that. I saw that reply to Benetti's tweet after you, like, tagged me in it, and, like, the lady goes, you're such an inspiration. Like, that's not what I'm going for. <laughs> so, yeah, like... Yeah, you're just being you. And yeah. you is... You are a sports fanatic. You have great sports insight. Like, you... You know, you have so many parts of your identity. Like, you... You're a great brother. Like, you are a great friend. You're a musician. You know, like, you are You are so many things. Like, you have a college degree. Like, you, you know, like, you Which have is... so many parts of your identity, and CP is just one of those. Yeah, so. it's, it's awesome. But anyway, obviously not to take over you and identifying you, but just as somebody who's, who's known you for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, so it just it makes me really happy to have had a little bit of personal experience with somebody who is just so, so sweet and then to have him be like it's cp day and i was like nathan <laughs> which like yes, which, which like if if we can go if we can go on a little bit of a jason benetti rant because guess what we can because it's my podcast and i do what i want um yeah. he he is like one of like three guys who is has multiple multiple national broadcasting deals like i mean yeah. like the dude broadcasts football from, like, he broadcasts football when he doesn't do college football. I mean, come on. And then he does, like, basketball. And doesn't he do some NBA? He did some bowl yeah. stuff earlier in the year. Like, the yeah. the dude's busy, and I've told people this from the start. Like, if you can get into sports, bro if you can get into a market, and I don't care where, where it is, it could be freaking Richmond, Virginia. Like, yeah. it, as long as you get an open mic... That's all you need to be successful in the sports world. And people won't believe me, but look at Benetti for the love of God. Like, come yeah. on. So, 100%. Like, he, he, again, was so sweet. He was going to, like, come to my brother's funeral. He's like, I'm so sorry. I have a meeting for my football game this weekend. I was like, um, you're a little busy, like, rock star. This is not why I reached out to you. I just wanted to be like, thanks, because my brother was a big fan of your work and thought that your games with Bill Walton were hilarious. Which LOL. they were um, <laughs> freaking awesome. Yeah, but he was like, I'm so sorry, you know, and like sent a really nice message to pass on to my family and was just the sweetest and is so amazing at his job. And that's one thing that how do I say this without, you know what, whatever. If Hawk ever listens to your podcast, honestly, you're crushing it. And um, I can deal with whatever he says to me. Thank goodness for Jason Benetti. Like that's part of what has made being a White Sox fan more fun the past couple years. Oh yeah. It's because the broadcasting is so much better. And that is another thing I'm looking forward to this season. It's going to be so just, just fun to watch the games. The players are going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And like the broadcasting is going to be, so much better. <laughs> it's gonna be so much better. Wait. 
<laughs> but I'm like, sorry, Hawk, but like, when you leave the broadcasting booth to go like check on, oh, who was it? Somebody like oh, got injured was it, in Texas. Uh, um, was it uh, Chris Sale or LaRoche or somebody like that? Or I, yeah, it might have been LaRoche. I, that might be it. I can't remember, but yeah. And he like left the broadcasting booth in Stone, but just like sat alone inside. Like okay, like, a minute. which yeah. can we um, can we talk about Steve Stone for a minute? Because like that dude is yeah. like. A beast when it comes to breaking down baseball, yes. just in general. Like what? Like I, I guess I really, and this goes back to the Hawk Harrelson thing. And wow, we are all over the map today, but I don't care. Um, it's the <laughs> the fact that Steve Stone can break down a game like no one I've ever seen, and yeah. I guess I never really paid attention to it because Hawk Harrelson was just he was a stick. That's that's what he was like. Mm -hmm. He yeah. and my response to you can put it on the board. Yes, is you can shove it up your ass. Yes, <laughs> like it's just so annoying. I mean, oh my gosh, yes, it's you know it was. I appreciate him for what he is, but listening to Steve Stone and Jason Benetti and I, I mean and again I think we've talked previously about how much I love Pat Hughes and his commentary like when I listen to P Cubs games like I just like I love his voice and I just yeah like his voice is like that classic baseball voice you know what I mean yeah like Pat Hughes has that voice and I I, I love listening to him as well but yeah like just they're just two very smart people like Stoney and Benetti just they complement each other so well in their commentary and it is it's it's just so fun to watch it's engaging and I learn something every time I listen to them and that's it's fantastic and can we talk about the other like strange career move in Chicago like broadcasting Lynn Ca yeah Lynn Casper what what are you doing there bud <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it works for me, like, <laughs> you know, I was like, all right, sure, come on over. <laughs> like, cool. So, yeah. th that's why, from now on, I will, I mean, I like Boog, but I, I don't, I won't be able, I won't be able to handle Boog for 162, for 150-ish games a year, because it's just... It's not what I'm used to. Like, yeah. Len Casper is who I grew up with. Like, yeah. through yeah. the shitty Cubs years, even like, what, what's going on here? Yeah. But I don't yeah. know. It's just, totally. it's, it's a wild time. But I guess last year really was the first time where I took time to like embrace the White Sox and the annoyance mm -hmm. of the Cardinals a little bit, but not as much. <laughs> um, uh -huh. I mean. You know, whatever the Cardinal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's just it's gonna be a hell of a ride, and we're gonna we're gonna be there every step of the way because we're gonna make a run at this, and it's gonna be fun. But okay, long term goal, and it is eight forty five on a on a Thursday night. Uh -huh. Goal for the pod. Get Benny on and do a and do a full group uh, interview with him. Nathan, I would I would be so proud of you and ecstatic for you, and I would you know me, I would cry. I like I I would I would, I mean, and he's the nicest guy. So like, let's do it. This is 
We'll come up with a hashtag for it. Listeners, <laughs> suggest your hashtags to Nathan for yes. this. Like, get get Benetti on the pod on on the review. Let's do it. We're doing it. Yeah. Goal. So, yes. all right. Um, wrapping this up because we've got a lot of crap to cover throughout the year. So you will be back on. We're gonna. <laughs> yes. We're going to do a weekly deal, and we're going to do exactly this. This is what I wanted in a podcast, was just open the mic and go. <laughs> so Shooting the shit about baseball. Wait, your mom listens to this. Sorry, Susie. I feel like I've just talked to myself. No, it's... <laughs> as long as you can do anything, you can do anything that is FC, FCC plus... Uh, FCC oh Plus allowed, so anything but the f bomb, and you're good. So like, <laughs> good. Okay, I'm glad I've been given a rating. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. Nathan, I love talking baseball with you, man. It's so it's fun. A good year. It's gonna be a great year, and since you're back in town and stuff, maybe yeah. we can do maybe we can do a White Sox game since they up the capacity. So maybe yeah. tickets won't be eight hundred million dollars for a standing yeah. group. Right? And insert joke here about how we were never worried about capacity of White Sox games anyway. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, that'd be great. Yeah, it's going to happen. But, hey, yeah, we'll get you back on here next week. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, we'll wrap this up and get on to the next one. What a show today. We covered a lot of ground. Big thanks to Leighton for his Bulls insight as well as White Sox. And big shout out to Miss Alyssa Arkin for her insight into the White Sox. And just a lot of cool stuff in that last uh, conversation and a lot of things to chew on and think about and some kind of fun stuff too um so reminder please like follow and share the podcast because it helps us out and remember tell a friend about us and make sure you turn in later today or after you listen to this for our March Madness preview that will drop before you leave work today so you can listen to it on the ride home so for Leighton and Miss Alyssa Arkin, I'm Nathan Church, and we will see you in the next one. Later.